You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's Crossover Thursday edition is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. As I said, crossover Thursday, Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers is here. Enormous news on Wednesday. The 49ers have a positive COVID test. Kendrick Bourne tests positive for COVID-19. We find out later on Wednesday that not only will he miss Thursday's game, but offensive tackle Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, who was already going to miss the game with an injury, and first-round pick Brandon Ayuk also will not be able to play on Thursday for a game that will go on as scheduled for reasons that relate only to money. I don't want to waste any time because there's a lot to get to on the show today. And so I want to bring you uh, my conversation with Brian Peacock in its entirety, and we will get through all of the topics. And there are a lot of them, including matchups in this game. So let's get to that conversation with Brian right now. One of the more bizarre crossover editions, probably that that we have done, that that I certainly that I have done, locked on Packers, locked on 49ers, and with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. Brian, let's just start with the elephant in the room. Why is this game happening given what's gone on with COVID-19 this week? First, AJ Dillon tests positive. Green Bay loses two more guys as high-risk contacts. And then we find out Wednesday, by the way, the day before the game, the 49ers have their high contact or they they have a, a positive test and they lose three guys as high-risk contacts. This seems crazy to me that there's going to be football on Thursday night. It's amazing. I you have active COVID happening, high-risk contacts day before game, and they're going to go on with this. I, I was shocked that they're still trying to do this as of uh, evening Wednesday as we're recording this to have this out for you guys early Thursday morning. The Packers flight, I assume, just landed yep. at San Jose International. I don't even know what they call that airport, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't Canada, either. International, I don't know what it is. But, um, the, the plane has landed. They're there. The, the NFL is going to make these teams play this game. And there's, I mean, at this rate, there has to be more positive tests tomorrow, right? Well, you obviously, you hope not. The Packers, after the, the A.J. Dillon test, have not had positive tests. But th- there's a lot riding on there being no positive tests. Because if one or both of these teams has one, at, at the very least, this game has to be played Monday. And at worst, there's no game at all. And now the Packers have flown to California for nothing. And there's all of these extenuating circumstances, too. I mean, we were talking before we came on the air. 
what do you do if you're the Packers and this game gets postponed until Monday? How do you practice? How do you prepare? What clothes do you wear? Do you fly back to Green Bay? Is that where, I mean, there's there's wear and tear on your body from these flights. And we have science that tells us recovery takes longer and all that stuff. So I just don't know why the NFL felt like it was so necessary to get this all in. I, like if if this is a Sunday noon game, it's already postponed, right? Yes, absolutely. Because they have other games to play. This is clear that the NFL doesn't have another game to to slam right. in there on Thursday. And they want to get this game in. This is about this is about prime time dollars. This is about making mm-hmm. sure they don't lose a window of prime time football. And we already, you know, if we're being honest about about this, we know that this season in general and and a lot of the corners that they've cut to make sure this is all happening is being done at the expense of player safety. Uh, but this is this is startling to me that this is where we are i i, I really I, i'm almost at a loss for where obviously i'm not totally at a loss but I, it, it's it's <laughs> hey, remarkable my listeners know by now too peter that, that you're never gonna be at a loss for this podcast uh this would this would go the full 30 minutes that it needs to go I, honestly though i want to hold on for a second because you bring up a fascinating question let's play this out how much do, do you pack if you're the green bay packers like, what's in your luggage? Do you have multiple days of clothes? Is there like team issued gear? Do they have enough t-shirts and sweatpants to give these guys to hang out for a couple of days if they needed to stay and, and find a place and go practice, you know, in Stanford Stadium or something like that and 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 wait until Monday for the game to be played and then have their own weird quarantine somewhere <laughs> in a hotel and have a bubble? And uh, do, does the team just like go crazy at at Marshall's and, and go buy a bunch of clothes, right? For a, for a couple well, of days. You probably have to buy practice jerseys and, and you like, how do you have food? It's not just for the 50 guys on the roster that you've got coaches. Yeah. I mean, it is a huge undertaking to get all this, to, to get all this working. It, it's just, I, I don't understand any of it. I have to be honest. Now this comes at a time too, for the 49ers where their injury report was already a mile long if you include IR especially, Green Bay's injury report, I think had 20 plus guys on it. Now only about a half a dozen ended up having designations, but still these were already two teams that were incredibly banged up before the COVID stuff. It's amazing. The The number I saw was there's currently 80 million salary cap dollars for the 49ers just on injured reserve right now. Oh and, no. And, I, and, and I that's with Nick Bosa on a rookie deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, you know, in first round picks, number two overall, they make more than, uh, say, you know, a late round pick as a rookie, but it's it's still basically free as far as NFL money goes. It's pretty amazing to see what they're dealing with right now. And then now you have uh, Trent Williams added to the list and first round draft pick Brandon Ayuk added to the list because of a close contact. And uh, and we'll see what happens the rest of the way. It's it's an amazing scenario. It's 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 really for what the 49ers are dealing with injury wise, then to throw COVID on top of it is just something that's almost unfathomable, unfathomable. Cause I've never seen this just from an injury perspective with what the 49ers are dealing with. And I think there was a tweet that you retweeted, which, which came to, uh, came to my eyeballs for the first time on your timeline. And it's something that just didn't, it didn't, it didn't dawn on me after this was after this was yesterday after Kendrick Bourne, the, the report came out that he had COVID-19 and he was going to be out for this game. But the 49ers have zero players that touched the football from 
the NFC Championship game where they beat the Packers, zero of those players will be available for the 49ers to play in this game against Green Bay. Uh, it was a very popular joke in my timeline to point out that zero players touched Raheem Mostert in that game. So, you know, maybe there's there's some nice symmetry there. <laughs> yeah, let's go through that. So Raheem Mostert, 29 carries for 220 yards and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If anybody forgot how mm-hmm. that game went. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously not in there. No Hugo one forgot, Samuel, Brian. Come on. Matt Breida. I, mean, I just, I just want to, I just want to make my listeners feel good because of the vibes that are happening right now uh, around the 49ers. Uh, Matt Breida, he's in Miami. He's probably going to get the start there with Miles Gaskin out this week. Uh, George Kittle, obviously. Kendrick Bourne. Emmanuel Sanders. So none of those players are available for the 49ers right now. But what's amazing about this is. The Jimmy Garoppolo one is probably the least important if it's any sort of a game script like it was, right? Because Garoppolo only attempted eight passes and completed six of them. I mean, Nick Mullins can do that. So uh, I yeah. think it's still a fascinating matchup for the 49ers. And and let me ask you this question before we get into some more, some more of the matchups here later on in this episode. I think it's it's almost poetic and perfect that the 49ers would lose all of their wide receivers and Green Bay would lose all of their running backs. So Kyle Shanahan is forced to go full running game mode like he wanted to. And then we get to see Aaron Rodgers just chuck it 45 times, right? I I mean, that's kind of fun. Well, we have different ideas of what fun is, Brian, after what we saw Sunday for the Packers run defense and obviously what happened in the NFC Championship game. I have to tell you, Green Bay is a seven-point favorite, which is about double what it was when it opened, a little bit more. And yet, to a man, Packer fans are absolutely horrified of playing this game. And and not because of COVID, but because they are, Kyle Shanahan is the boogeyman in in Cheesehead Nation right now. They do not believe Mike Patton has any answers for him. And we knew going into the game, Dalvin Cook was going to be the feature guy for for the Vikings. They knew they were going to run in a bunch. Kirk Cousins, very similar to what Jimmy Garoppolo had to do in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Doesn't have a completion of more than 10 air yards. I, I believe only 10 or 11 completions total. And yet Dalvin Cook with the same number of total yards and the same number of touchdowns as Raheem Mostert in that NFC Championship games. Some eerie parallels there. And there is not a high confidence level among Packer fans that they have any chance to stop this run game. And that is really remarkable. And, and I think is is blind the fact that in terms of pure talent on the field, it's not anywhere close to what we saw last year, not even close to what we saw maybe even a couple weeks ago. And, and I just I don't know what to expect. How do you how do you handicap this when? You know, there aren't even guys that that we've seen in some cases play NFL snaps who are going to be out there. It's pretty amazing. I will say one thing when it comes to the 49ers run game and maybe the biggest loss in all of this COVID mess and injury mess is Trent Williams not being out there at left tackle for the 49ers because if Nick Mullins does have to drop back, then, you know, facing maybe a more fierce pass rush there coming off of uh, his left side. And of course, that will impact the running game as well. But I will say that and look, everybody's already going to start Aaron Rodgers in their fantasy leagues, and everyone's going to start Devontae Adams already in their fantasy leagues, so that's <laughs> not news. But Jermichael Hasty is like, if I'm playing daily fantasy, Jermichael Hasty is the guy because I fully believe that Jermichael Hasty is the most talented running back on the team currently that's available by far. And when we look ahead to 2021, it's it's uh, it's Raheem Mostert, one, and it's Jermichael Hasty 
too. And it's a very simple pecking order for me. Jamichael Hasty is the real deal. Uh, and, and I'm excited to see how that looks against the Packers Sunday because you know Kyle Shanahan is going to try to run it as much as possible early. And if it works, he'll run it as much as possible late. There are plenty more to talk about here, but just quickly following up, give me the the scouting report for Jamichael Hasty for, for listeners who, first of all, don't know who that is, or second of all, <laughs> haven't watched the 49ers last week because to your point, he's been really good. And, and the deal with the Shanahan offense going back to Kyle's dad is it doesn't matter. Olandis Gary can rush for a thousand yards. You you yeah. put someone who can one cut and get downhill, and and they're going to be successful here. So what what does what does Hasty do well? What can we expect from him? I would say the closest comparison to what Jamichael Hasty has been so far, and what I've seen from him is somebody who's played under Kyle Shanahan already in the NFL and had a lot of success, and that's Devonte Freeman. So 5'8", 205 pounds. He's not a big player when you see him, but he's a little bit thicker, a little bit more powerful than he looks. He's got great vision. He sees the the cutback lanes. He sees holes that aren't even there. And he's got great feet, great footwork. And he can he can find a little space and then hit it with burst. So he has burst. Now he's not a burner like some of the other 49ers running backs. He's not going to run a four, three, but he's a four, five, five guy. He has plenty of speed, plenty of juice, and he's got the short area burst that I love to see. And a little bit surprising, a little bit surprising power for his size and his compact frame. And he can catch the ball too. So that's why I talked about when you look ahead at 2021, where he Mostert's the, the main back, he's the first and second down guy. And I think Jamichael Hasty's a perfect fit for a change of pace guy who can be your third down back, catch a lot of passes. Jeff Wilson, another undrafted free agent's more of a thumper. And you don't have to pay any running backs. You don't have to bring Tevin Coleman back. You don't have to bring Jarek McKinnon back. And Jarek McKinnon, by the way, is uh, taking longer than any running back in the league to get to go from handoff to the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's a pretty good receiver still, but there's no reason to hand the ball off to Jarek McKinnon. Jermichael Hasey is just just flat out a lot better. All right, more with Brian in just a second. But before we get to that, let's talk about Built Go. From the makers of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, comes the best way to get energy and not just the kind that'll make you crash after you have it, the kind that sends you into jitters and jolts. This is Built Go, a one and a half ounce package that you can put in your briefcase, put in your golf bag, or just have at your desk for when you need that little boost. It's like five hour energy, but without the crash. Plus, it's all natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking an energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors, and because it's the same makers of Built Bar, you know these are going to deliver. Built Bar combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Right now, go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's Go. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients like Aaron Rodgers does for his offense. More innovations that lead to life-saving treatments, more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system. 
Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find groundbreaking cures, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. Academic medical centers provide greater access to clinical trials, which can lead to breakthrough treatments and life-saving drugs. Freighter and the Medical College physicians have been a part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers at BD Peacock on Twitter. I am with Peter Bukowski at Peter underscore Bukowski, the host of Locked On Packers. We got together multiple times last season on these crossovers, Peter, even though we're not in the same division. So that's fun. We get to do it again here. And who knows? Maybe there will be. And look, it's not looking good that there will be a playoff matchup between these two teams right now with what's going on in San Francisco. But you never know. And the 49ers, we just talked about the running game, what it might look like. And I'm a big fan of Jamichael Hasty. I'm looking at the Packers schedule and really, especially in the last three weeks and seeing Ronald Jones go for 113 yards and a couple scores against the Packers running game and and three touchdowns, I think, in the first half alone from Dalvin Cook. We talked a little bit of that and we saw how things went down with the 49ers and Packers twice last year. And maybe maybe having Nick Mullins and, and no Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't matter at all if the 49ers can run the ball. What is Mike Petton's plan? It doesn't seem like he has a plan to stop the run. And if he doesn't, Maybe the 49ers have a better chance to win this game than I thought. Why do you hurt me, Brian? I don't. I thought we were friends. I was, just, I was trying to find we were, a way. We were doing, you we were doing so good. Make my listeners feel better. You know what's so funny, too, is, is I know that, that my appearances um, have become infamous on your show, that your yeah. listeners, um, they, have, they have thoughts about me. And uh, what they don't know is that <laughs> you and I are good friends and, and we actually have a blast doing these. So um, it's just one of those funny things. Um, look, I don't I don't know what Mike Patton is going to do because I don't know that Mike Patton knows what he's going to do when when all of this with the receivers has come down. Um, I, I think it loosens Green Bay up in a lot of ways because. You can't be worried about getting beat over the top by Trent Taylor and Kevin White, I assume. I mean, who Richie James is coming off an ankle injury. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. Um, And beyond that, we don't even know at this point who the active receivers are going to be. Well, Jair Alexander uh, has been the best cornerback in the league so far this season. And his skills are a little bit wasted in this case. So you don't even have to to put him on Brandon Ayuk, which is what we thought they would do, um, or at least yep. do that for a lot of the game. So last week against the Vikings, Green Bay played a lot more base than they would traditionally want to play. This is a defense that wants to play in nickel. They want to play in dime. They want to score points and make you throw it so that they can create turnovers. They can play small. They can bring the slot blitzes and the fun designer blitzes that Mike Patton is so famous for in the run game. It's a little bit different and guys have not been um, as um, gap sound. They have not been as assignment sound as you need them to be. You've got guys going into the same gaps. Chris Barnes and, and Kamal Martin are rookies. Kamal Martin's not going to play in this game. So uh, we don't know if Christian Kirksey is going to be back for this game. 
Green Bay is going to try and play more disciplined. That's just that's going to have to be the thing or they're they're going to have the same thing happen to them as the NFC Championship game as and as what happened on Sunday. The difference, I think, is the Vikings. You worry about Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. You worry about Kirk Cousins. If you're the Packers looking at this passing game, you're going, we dare you. We just dare you. And it's going to be eight in the box. Um, and it's going to be what I assume is man coverage on the outside. And it's going to have to be a game that it, it, you mentioned that it's sort of appropriate. I think it's going to have to be a game like the NFC championship where Nick Mullins only throws it eight or 10 times because that's just going to be what the Packers are going to are going to force them to be. And they're going to say, OK, Kyle Shanahan, we, we dare you to be patient enough to make this work. And I just I don't know if if Green Bay's offense um, is. I don't know if they're if the offense is going to be significantly better than it was in the NFC championship game. I think it will be. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at this and then the Packers put together that plan. Are, is Kyle Shanahan just going to say, OK, well, then we're going to have to make Nick Mullins do some things here if that is the case. Let's just say that. Let's just say Mike Patton says, OK, we're going to load the box with eight and the running game is a little hit or miss. What's the what's the counterpunch for the 49ers? Yeah. And you mentioned who's going to be active for this game. Well, there's one currently healthy, active player who's available for this game for the 49ers at wide receiver, and that's Trent Taylor. And he's been a slot only wide receiver through most of his career. Right. So that Shanahan loves him. To, yeah. Oh, he, he loves him. He's his guy, but he's had multiple injuries. He missed all of last year he Had five different surgeries on his, uh, in his, on his foot with Jones fracture and taking in screws and putting out in other screws. And then I think he had a, a, I don't even remember what happened at this point because there's been so many injuries with the 49ers that have pushed other old memories out of my mind as far as injuries go. But he had a rough season and he's not moving as quickly. He used to be a jitterbug and could really get open on those underneath routes and, and he's not even the same player he was, even though he was sort of undersized and under uh, under athletic throughout his career. So it's going to be practice squad guys getting called up. River Craycraft, and who was a draft darling in 2019, even though he, I believe he went undrafted. Uh, a lot of people really liked River Craycraft coming out of Washington State. And then Kevin White, the former Chicago there who I think I saw a statistic today that he has yet to have a catch against the Green Bay Packers in his career. So maybe it's a revenge game for Kevin White. And that's an interesting one to me because I saw some and this is very small sample. I saw some training camp clips of Kevin White and I thought that guy looks big and fast <laughs> and, and like the guy I saw coming out of yep. West Virginia in college. And his big thing has been injuries. So I wonder now that he's had some time, because he was a really late ad right before the season, he's had time to learn the playbook. I'm very interested in that. And if Mike Pettin and the Green Bay Packers decide we're going to sell out against the run, as they probably should, Nick Mullins has enough arm and he's not afraid to sling it. I mean, if there is a big play to happen in the passing game for the 49ers, it might be Nick Mullins to Kevin White. And what a story that would be. Yeah, I don't know if Bears fans would be happy or sad if that was like the game deciding play was some 60-yard bomb to Kevin White. But that's that's part of the thing that Kevin White has always been. Every This was the thing in, in Chicago. Every training camp we'd hear, oh, Kevin White. Kevin White looks great. This is the year for Kevin White. He's got it. He's got things figured out. He's healthy. He's ready to go. And it never, even when he was healthy and out there, he just wasn't it. Like it just was not going the way that it needed to go for them. Um, on the other side of the ball, I mentioned Green Bay's offense scoring enough. I have been saying all year that Green Bay's best run defense is its offense. They're a top five offense by EPA per play, a top five offense by DVOA. 
And San Francisco, if there is a, a weakness on this defense, they're 12th by DVOA, but they're 17th against the pass. The Seahawks hung 37 on them, and a, a big part of that was they couldn't cover DK Metcalf. How do you see them approaching this Packers offense that's going to be without uh, Jamal Williams, for sure, and A.J. Dillon? Uh, we don't know the status of Aaron Jones. He's going to be a game-time decision. My guess would be he won't play. It sounds like there's a, a good chance Alan Lazard can be back for this game. But this game is going to ultimately come down to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So how do you see the 49ers trying to defend those two? Yeah, and a lot of that is going to fall on Jason Verrett, who's played, I mean, as good as you could have imagined and, and looked really similar to that player I love so much coming out of TCU and, yep. and played so well early in his career with the Chargers. Another guy's injuries just killed him. It's you know what's amazing right now in this game we I mean we've covered a lot of it but the 49ers are counting on in week nine of the 2020 season this is how bizarre this year is they're counting on Jason Verrett Jordan Reed potentially a tight end they're counting on Jarek McKinnon and they're counting on Kevin White potentially four of the most injured players over the last five years in the NFL <laughs> all in the same team and that's who the 49ers are counting on to win this game if that puts it into perspective yeah. I mean it's wow. amazing what's going on but seeing Jason Verrett I mean he's showing everything he had before he's got amazing feet he's got an amazing feel for the game great eyes and instincts and can make plays he's never in a panic I mean he's so fun to watch when he's playing well and so um, I've had fun watching him this season. So what the 49ers did last week and what they've pretty much done all year, which is something I don't like and something specifically with the Packers that I think they need to change up a little bit. And, you know, it's more difficult against the Seahawks because they also have Tyler Lockett with DK Metcalf. But against the Packers, the the thing you have to slow down is Devontae Adams. So you want to put your best cover guy on him, which right now is Jason Verrett. And the 49ers corners haven't traveled, but they've done. They used to be sort of a left cornerback, right cornerback thing. But mm -hmm. this year they're doing a little more of a boundary field situation. So Manuel Mosley, he's he's been, depending on what hash they're on, uh, Manuel Mosley's lined up on either the left or right boundary side. And then Jason Verrett's got more space and he's lined up on the field side. But still, you know where they're going to be. And, and the Seahawks took advantage of that and they wanted the matchup of DK Metcalf on Emmanuel Mosley. And a lot of those plays, Emmanuel Mosley was in pretty good position. And, and I like Emmanuel Mosley. I think he's a starting caliber yeah. cornerback in the NFL. It was just a tough matchup and DK Metcalf is a freak of nature. But I wonder if the 49ers might change that up just so the Packers don't always know where you're going to be and where you're going to be lined up and that maybe they might not be as scared by Marquez Valdez scaling or might not be as scared by Alan Lazard. And they want to put Verrett and have him travel with Devontae Adams. That'd be a really fun matchup. And I think that might be a smarter way for Robert Sala to play this. Well, and they threw a wrinkle at, at the Packers last year. Richard Sherman said after the game in the regular season, our goal was to stop Aaron Jones. And and they played a lot more man coverage than they had all year. And they said, our, you know, th that was the plan. Now, if you go back and watch the tape, um, I think he was stretching the truth a little bit to prove a point, but that's okay um, because they did it. I mean, they they did what they set out to do. Not only did they stop Aaron Jones, uh, they stopped Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I, I do not anticipate the defense being as effective, uh, but I also think that the Packers down a bunch of guys offensively are not going to be as good uh, scoring the ball as they might otherwise be in a game like this. If they had, you know, if we knew David Bakhtiari was going to play, if we knew Aaron Jones was going to play, if we knew Alan Lazard was going to play, I think I would have a slightly different feeling about how this game was going to go. Um, how do you ultimately see things playing out here? I, 
obviously, and the line is is showing how I feel. And I was thinking, look, if this thing's not at least seven points or more, then you have to pick the Packers because just you just have to. And, and right now, the line's a seven, and I don't know if that line's even big enough. If this line grew to double digits, maybe I'd say, hey, the 49ers can shock the world and potentially even win this game at home. And there still is a path to victory despite all the injuries because the 49ers defense has overachieved. The 49ers defense has played well. And I talked about it earlier on this week on a radio hit in San Francisco that Robert Sala... It, if if Robert Sala is getting some head coach interviews, and I think he will probably this offseason, I don't know if he's going to get a job or not, but in interviews, if he was putting bullet points, like my best accomplishments, obviously best defense in the league last year, you made it to the Super Bowl. That's the number one bullet point. The number two bullet point should be, I'm without Richard Sherman. I am without Nick Bosa. I have been without so many players on this defense, yet I still have one of the better defenses in the NFL. The mm-hmm. way the 49ers playing right now despite the one game where they brought a guy in off the street out of desperation and had him start at cornerback who's no longer on the team now uh, against the Miami Dolphins outside of that game they've had one of the best defenses in the league and they're still stopping the run at a high clip and he's dialing up blitzes I think Robert Saul has done a fantastic job this year and as far as coaching jobs because he had so much talent on the team last year it might be more impressive what he's doing right now in 2020 so the defense is playing well Uh, Rodgers might be in some some ugly down and distance situations because they're not able to run the ball early. And and the 49ers might still be able to run the ball on the Packers. And if the Packers have to do so much to sell out and overplay the run that Nick Mullins, who is a gunslinger and can make some throws, is able to make some plays to whoever it is, Kevin White or Jordan Reed or to a running back out of the backfield and some play action. If he's able to make enough plays, there is a path to victory for the 49ers. But I don't know how you can not take the Packers. And I think seven points is is plenty for me to still pick pick the Packers minus seven against the 49ers. If it gets to double digits, I might say, you know what? There's maybe a little bit of money to be made of the 49ers, at least keeping keeping this thing close. Yeah, I um I I don't I don't want to say that I am with the fans who are just petrified of this game because I, I do think that from a talent standpoint, Green Bay is clearly better. I just think that the one thing the 49ers, I have faith in them doing really well, is the biggest flaw that the Packers have. And so from a matchup standpoint, it's not great. But when I look at talent, I mean, just look talent for talent. Minnesota probably has three or four players on offense who are more talented than anyone the 49ers are going to put out there on Thursday. And that's not a slight to those guys. It's more just that, like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are really good players. And I think the difference at quarterback is is... I don't, I don't want to say huge because I don't I don't think that Kirk Cousins is great, but it, he's better. So from that standpoint, I, I think Green Bay defensively is going to have a little bit more success stopping Minnesota. And that was a, a 20 or excuse me, stopping the 49ers and they were Minnesota. They they still gave up 28 points in that game. So let's let's take a little bit off for the Trent Williams and Brandon Ayuk stuff. And then offensively, I think Green Bay is going to be able to do enough against this group, especially as banged up as they are. If Alan Lazard does come back, I think David Bakhtiari is probably going to play. Aaron Jones is pushing hard to play. So I like the Packers to win. I I just can't pick them to cover because of the history here. I, I think it's something like 27-21 and, and the 49ers do get the cover. Uh, and if I'm wrong, um, your listeners will make sure that I know about it. Yeah, you can guarantee the listeners are going to be all over you. Even if you're right, they'll find something that they didn't like that you said during this podcast. Yeah. And uh, it's been fun chatting with you, Peter, as it always is. And 
Um, it was especially nice here. We, we didn't really have much of a format and I had to throw out all of my notes. I was getting ready to talk about <laughs> yeah. Luke versus Jair Alexander and how fun that was going to be. And uh, we just had to scrap all of it and say, you know what, let's just wing it. Let's just have a conversation yeah. about this. Just game. had to light the uh, rundown on fire. Like, what is going on? This is this is some of the, the craziest <laughs> stuff I've ever seen. Wild. It pertains to matters football. Yeah. It's been fun, Brian. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Uh, we'll talk to you hopefully again sometime. And let's do this again in the postseason. I, I'm, I can't wait for that Nick Mullins-led 49ers run into the postseason. And then Jimmy Garoppolo and, and George Kittle come back for week 17. You knock off the Seattle Seahawks. Sneak into the seventh seed of the playoffs, and uh, and it's a storybook run for the 49ers who are at that point healthy and and going to run. Let let's let's let that scenario play out. How about that? No, with all due respect, I want no part of that scenario. So, uh, Brian, I hope that we only talk about this on Locked On NFL moving forward, or on uh, Peacock and Williamson. Yes, absolutely. And everybody, (laughs) check out Peter. He's doing Mondays on Locked On NFL, taking good care of that podcast and of course you can find me daily not only on locked on 49ers but with matt williamson on the peacock and williamson nfl show all right thanks again to brian for joining the show a ton in there and a game uh tonight that should, should absolutely not be played this is this should have been called it should have been moved to monday they could have they could have kept the fox uh a big game the the national tv game you, you play it late and you have the the Patriots Jets move up an hour. You can play this game a little bit later because it's in San Francisco. No harm, no foul. Aikman and, and Buck get to do the Sunday game and the Monday game. It all would have made sense. And yet here we are because, uh, I don't know, because the NFL absolutely needed to have this game I because they couldn't I don't, I don't know I don't know it's so stupid I can't I can't wrap my mind around it. it is it is mind-bogglingly dumb and I just I I don't I don't know why I just I don't I need reasons I need answers and we're not going to get them uh, so hopefully the Packers can win and make it a moot point follow me on Twitter Peter underscore Bukowski follow the podcast on Twitter locked on Packers like us on Facebook subscribe to the podcast iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on Packers and anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on Packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.